right, and just like that, everybody, we are live for week 11, coming up on the end of our third month here with Leap into the Week with no other than our, our honored guest every single week over here, Mr. Patrick Finkels of Leap. Um, and uh, last week, if you missed it, we were able to talk about playing business, a term that I have come to use a lot around here um, with what we do at Blue Collar Media Group. But um, today we're talking about leadership, man. And uh, there are no shortage of speakers and motivational people out there that want to talk about leadership. But I want to get a little granular today, everyone. And I, I want to do this with Patrick for contractors out there because so many of you are in different stages of your business. You're trying to grow from two to five, from five to 10. And I'm telling you right now, and I think Patrick is going to back me up. Um, we're going to learn from him today. The style of leadership, the individual that you are today is not going to be the same leader that you are two years, five years, 10 years down the road. Um, that individual may need to change. And today I want to talk about those stages that you may need to go through as a leader, as your business grows, evolves, as it ebbs and flows. Um, and that's what we're talking about today with uh, CEO over there, Lee Patrick Fingles. And that's my first question for you, brother. I've got it written down right here. As you've grown multiple companies, where was it most difficult to, to grow from? It, was there a revenue number? Was there a number of people? Was there something else that you said, okay, this stage right here, no matter what, it tricked me up. And I feel like people get caught in right here in this funnel. This is the kink in the hose where they can avoid this if they're a great leader. Yeah. So, so for me, in, 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 this is probably different for every organization, but for me, it was around 100 employees. Um, and because I'm a big believer in culture and, you know, in, in all in, in my businesses, in more than one occasion, when we hit a hundred employees, I think what started to happen was you start to be more of an indirect leader. Now, obviously not everybody works for you when you have 30 or 40 employees, but you, you still, you can still be in everybody's life. You can, you can, you can still, you know, you can, um, you can have influence or touch on everybody. Once you start getting north of 75, 80, 90, 100, now, you know, you're an extent, you're, you're, culture and the way you're leaning is extended you're indirectly touching some of those people because you know you start to lose track you don't even you don't even know everybody's name you know um and so just and again this is this is for me but you know um in, in so culture starts to shift from the responsibility of a single person to the responsibility of every person and you know um you know so and, and you know they always say culture is top down and i always say now listen Culture's top down for your first 50 employees, north of 50 culture's bottom up. Because at that point in time, it's not influenced by one person. It's influenced by the, the masses. Um, so everybody has to have a responsibility in creating culture of the company. Um, so anyway, that, that's mainly where I got uh, tripped up and, you know, I had to find my footing. And in some of those cases, you know, we went through some turbulent times and had to come down and then had to go back up. In other cases, we didn't. Um, you know, because I had learned from my experiences. But for me, uh, culture is a really big driver in my overall success. And it gets harder when I can't have a pulse on every person. Let me ask you this, man. You just mentioned this kind of as example of not knowing everybody's name. Um, and getting to know you personally, you care about the people that work for Leap and that have worked for the companies that you have, that have managed and have owned. 
Was it personally difficult for you during that time? And the reason I ask that is because, you know, there are, there are contractors who are in that, let's say that $5 million range who may be opening a second location um, or they may be moving to where, Hey, listen, I don't know everybody over there as well as what I should. I've only got 25 employees, but I'm going back and forth between two States even or two locations. Was it something that was difficult for you as you grew to, kind of not know the people the way you used to? Yeah, I, I think it, it wasn't difficult because, you know, I, you know, if you listen to ever the last episode of playing business, you know, I mean, I always played business. So, you know, the idea of having a bigger and bigger and bigger companies, I mean, I got excited about that. Like I have so many employees. I don't even know everybody that works here. Right. So for, for a business owner that wants to grow, I mean, that, that's a milestone. So I wouldn't say I I, I had re regret about that. Um, you know, I think, you know, what, what kind of happened is, is you, you, you have to kind of re-identify your role in that person's life, but from an indirect capacity. Um, and so I didn't do that. I think what I kind of did was just presume that I had hired kind, nice people. And they were. Um, I had uh, hired like kind, nice people. Um, and, um, if they would just continue to do what I wanted to do, but I probably didn't put as much process and rigor in place, um, to make sure that things were on track. So you can be very present in somebody's life from an indirect approach. We do it all the time, right? Um, maybe it's our, you know, if you have a grandchild or something like that, or, you know, a, 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 a friend of a friend, or, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're impacting somebody else, but not directly to them through somebody else. You just need to know how to shift your process to that. So I think that's what I struggled with was how do I have more indirect influence and have a relationship with somebody in an indirect capacity? Um, you know, and that just takes time, man. I take some leadership classes, uh, you know, and it just takes knowledge, you know, knowledge and, and experience. And sometimes people always presume experience is positive. <laughs> it's not experience. It's just experience. I climbed the mountain and I didn't make it to the top. I failed, but now I have valuable experience. I'm going to make it next time. Um, so, you know, experience is the act of doing something or attempting something, not of necessarily doing it well. So I took my experiences, both good and bad. Um, and, you know, I, I, I you know, and I, I went out to the network and I, I learned those lessons. Um, and I, I think that's, I think that's a, a, a pliable to anybody. Like somebody else would be like, no, man, like I'm a $10 million business right now only have 25 employees, but my big milestone or my big thing was this. Okay. What experiences did you take away and what knowledge did you get? You know, knowledge is gained. So, you know, how did you get that? And what resources did you use to gain that knowledge? You know? Now, when you're given this experience though, inevitably Patrick, there's going to come failure with that experience. And when you're going through these different stages of your company, I'm interested to know this from you. Were you ever nervous Man, like, was there was there a level of anxiety, or did you always have this kind of confidence about you that hey, I'm playing business, we're going to succeed, I know it's going to come out on top, or was there times where you like, I don't know, man, like, and and if you did, how do you make those decisions in spite of that feeling? Yeah. So here's the here's the beautiful already. So this is one of the things I went through. You know, three years of leadership training for this little nugget, but. You know, in my earlier career, I just everything was anecdotal. I, I didn't I, you didn't have anything to look back on. You operate on intuition. Right. Like I just, you know, 
I went to a company, I sold windows, I was really good at it, I got a big head, I started my own company, and I just played business, and you know, and that like worked for me. Um, and everything come from, came from a place of confidence, everything. I thought the number one quality of a leader was confidence. I thought that's what people wanted. I thought about military, I thought about NFL coaches, and so then I started understanding the difference between quality of a leader. So the most important value that a leader can have is relatedness. So everybody loves a confident leader, but not if they're not related to them. If somebody that you don't have any emotional connection with is telling you confidently that you can do something that you don't think you can, you just think they don't care about you. So confidence is a quality of a leader, but it's not what makes leaders. And so then I learned, well, what actually makes leaders? And this will be amazing. You, uh, you can take a guess. You want to take a stab at it? Like what is the number one quality of a leader? Not an action. Confidence is an action of a leader. But if you, in order to be the leader, you have to have the qualities of a leader. What's the number one quality of a leader? I'm going to go with something that's a weird word, but hopefully it's okay. I'm going to throw it out there. Okay. Yeah. Again, I think I'm making this word up. <laughs> okay. Assurity. Like they are sure of themselves, the decision. I know what I'm doing. I'm sure of it. People get in line and they follow someone who is sure of what they want to do, Patrick. I'm going to assurity. I don't know if that's a word. Assurity. That's good. It's very similar to confidence. And that's why a lot of people go there. You know, it's like assurity. Oh, this person, I, I trust this person because they're confident. There is something there. Like you have that with your pilot. Everything's going to be fine. That's what you want the pilot to say. Not we're all going to die, but that's different. You know, you don't look at the pilot as a leader. You look at them as an authority in a position where you can't be, you, you know, you don't challenge authority, right? In a plane, planes going down, you don't jump into the cockpit and take the stick, right? You ask the pilot if everything's going to be all right. And you want assurance, Assurity. So in that situation, it works. But that's the different than spending 40 hours a week with somebody, you know, betting your life and your success on that person. In order to do that, that person, you got to look at them as a leader. And then when you look at them and they are a leader and you follow them and you trust them, then that assurity is great because you've created trust. Number one quality of a leader People are going to kill me for this. They're going to be like, oh, what a chicken is vulnerability. It's vulnerability. And the reason that vulnerability is the number one way to put yourself in the leader seat, the number one way to put yourself in the leader seat is because it's the most honest emotion. So the number one quality of a leader is trust. The number one way to gain trust is through vulnerability because What's more real than that? So vulnerability with your team creates trust. And that allows the opportunity for assurity and confidence to just blossom because they trust you. So when you're confident and you're telling them we're all going to make it and we can do this, they trust you. But that trust isn't birthed from the confidence the belief in the confidence is a result of the trust that was birthed from vulnerability. 100%. So you acknowledge the mistakes you made. It's through honesty. 
People like an honest person, man. The, who are the best leaders in the world? Like, you know, I mean, just whatever. I mean, you know, Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't, they had confidence, but they were vulnerable, very human, man. Very, very yeah. human. And that's why people, follow, that's why, you know, they, they moved mountains, man. You know? I know it's a weird, you just said all these people, but I think of uh, a great leader, uh, Coach Yusefsky, the Duke coach. Coach yeah. K, mm-hmm. I think and now I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, that guy would strike me as being vulnerable. He would strike me as being trustworthy and somebody 100%. that I could. 100%. Um, Ted, Ted, look, you watch Ted, Ted Lasso fans on the podcast here? Yeah, I mean, I Ted Lasso totally vulnerable. Never made a qualm about what he could do or couldn't do, right? Like, he just did total acknowledgement. And then so people love that, man, because it's just trustworthy, man. Somebody standing up saying, man, I'm not sure I know how to do this, but I want to do a great job for you guys, especially because I'm supposed to lead you. And, you know, I'm trying to launch this new initiative. I feel like it's good for all of us, but I feel like some of you guys think maybe it's not. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I don't know that it's 100% going to work, but I would like to try it. I think it'll work. Yeah. You know, I mean, that little bit of vulnerability in there makes the message. I mean, there's leaders out there that just don't realize it. They're like, don't worry about it. It's going to work. No, worry about it. I'm worried about it. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I, think, I think that's what I think that nails it, man. Man, I, I does nail it because I'm sitting here thinking and I mean, I, I got Hoffney right here next to me. He's been with me for a while. And like there have been times where I've just sat there and said, hey, guys, I don't know if this is going to this is going to work. Uh, we've never been here before, but we got to do something. Um, and this is the best choice that I think we all can make. And hey, you guys good? Yeah, I'm good. We're all in it. All right, let's roll. Um, and man, that, that speaks volumes to me. I, I When you said vulnerability, I kind of sat there and went, well, I didn't see that one coming. But as I think about it more, man, there's some real truth that I hope our viewers and listeners take away from that, because that's powerful. That vulnerability leads to trust. And that trust is what allows you to have that that authority that people can get behind. Um, And that relatedness, as you said, is such an underrated value in a leader. I think that comes back to that vulnerability as well, that people can look at that person and go, hey, man, I can see where you're coming from. I can relate to where you're at. You're in a different position than me within the company, but I can understand it. Um, There's so much there, man. I, I just hope that people go back and they watch that because that vulnerability stuff is is not a joke. And so everybody, I'm, I'm telling you, this is a great episode right here. Um, go back, listen to it. Leadership through the stages of your business. This is why we get together with Patrick Fingles um, over there at Lead to talk about stuff just like this because I learned something today and I hope you did too. It's why we do Leap into the Week every single week. And we'll be back next week uh, for week 12 with Patrick Fingles. And uh, got some upbeat stuff going on next week, as I know the future is bright and we're going to be talking about exactly why it is in the face of all that negativity. We oftentimes get out there with the news and social media. The future is bright. We're going to be talking about it next week on Leap Into the Week, everybody.